What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Frame by Frame, a podcast all about your favorite movies and TV shows. I'm your host, Amon, and joining me today, as always, is my lovely co-host, Brandon. How are you doing? How am I doing? It's a little late, but you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about mm-hmm. what's been going on this week, and I'm excited to see how we're doing this week. Yeah. So, big news. The All strikes are officially over. The writer's strike, the actor's strike, done, and bam, we got a whole lot to talk about because a bunch of news just dropped um so yeah let's get straight into it so first up let's talk about the big big news of this week um we possibly have our fantastic four for the mcu um so there was an uh, article by deadline which said uh pedro pascal the mandalorian joel himself prince oberon himself is in talks and is close to signing a deal for um fantastic four and he will be playing reed richards himself initial reactions what do you think initial reactions i can see him he has some range to play a nice nerdy aloof scientist but we don't know which version of reed richards we're gonna get because we've already discussed it multiple weeks that our fantastic four movies can be based out of another universe it's not going to be based directly on 616 so we're going to be getting a different version somewhere else this could be a finalized fantastic four from the future from the past it could be a more um family oriented variant we could have somewhat similar to the original versions where reed richards was kind of like dissociative of the family but more focused on himself we could have anything but pedro pascal has range he has range to play reed richards he can play the scientist type he can play the action guy we've seen a lot of him in the last year the last couple years for him to actually just blow out of the water with what he's doing yep yeah um yeah, when I first saw this casting, I was like, okay, that's an interesting choice, but it's also a very safe choice. Out of all the actors that were in the running, I feel like this was the safest choice. There's Matt Smith, there was Jake Gyllenhaal, there was um, Pedro Pascal, and there was uh, there was Diego Luna, and there was Adam Driver. Adam Driver was my pick, because I feel like he would nail Reed Richards down. The scientist version, the geeky version of Reed Richards, I would, I could see him nailing that down. But um, there's been a bunch of rumors that um, Reed Richards is going to... The children, Franklin Richards and Valeria Richards, are going to be making an appearance in this movie. Considering Pedro Pascal is already 48, and he sort of has, let's say, a history of playing the dad in The Mandalorian, The Last of Us. Yep. He could be the more father of the family type of Reed Richards. We could be getting that version of Reed Richards, which we got much later on in the comics. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about that? Because that's I'm, very I'm different to what we got previously. Because previously we had sort of with um, the 2000s for Fantastic Four movies, it was more of the geek Reed Richards, also sort of nar- narcissistic. Uh, yeah, we, we had the more narcissistic, self-centered, I want to help everybody but I can't help myself read Richards. And they're not going to touch base with that one. We know that Marvel has been deviating from any other variants that they've been done with in different films, um, except what's coming up in Deadpool 3, because we're reprising half of the cast from the Fox universe. But I can see this Reed Richards being the, the more established scientist, especially if he's, we're going to have his kids. 
if we're going to have his yeah. kids, we have the dad type that's that's going to be more focused on keeping his family together. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I'm not going to try to heal Ben. I'm not going to try to save Johnny. Um, I'm. It's going to be, I'm working with my family to do the best that we can to keep ourselves safe and keep our world safe. And if anything comes out with Feige, if you're watching this, you watch, you you got any of your teams of writers that have been watching our podcast and you do the Galactus opening, like I suggested last entry, I want some credit. I want some credit somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, the director of the movie, Matt Shackman, he seems to be a big Fantastic Four fan. And one thing he came out and said is, Oh, the Fantastic Four are not like the Avengers or the X-Men. These guys are an actual family, you know? And the way they approach scenarios is very different to the way the Avengers or um, the X-Men approach scenarios. And he also mentioned that they have a more scientific and a more explore. Their motive is more exploration than saving the world. Yes, which is that, that's what the Fantastic Four has always been about. And I grew up with the Fantastic Four cartoon. Mm-hmm. That shows that I will always show my age on this show with you in comparison. <laughs> that I grew up with the Fantastic Four TV show, watching that intro sequence of them getting hit and bombarded by the radiation and all of that other fun stuff that they were doing just to explore the universe and figure out what's going on on Earth. This mm-hmm. is the Fantastic Four that I really wanted to see. I didn't want to see anything that was, oh, pure full-blown narcissistic Johnny Storm who just wants to use his powers for his own fame and gain. I didn't want to see Sue Storm being, oh, I'm invisible so I can kind of just be invisible and fade into the background all the time because I'm just too shy. And Reed Richards being the, I've done this to everybody. I need to fix this problem. And then Ben just being the the, the, the full-on... The world hates me. I'm wrong. Michael Michael Chiklis as the thing was the best. Yeah, and I'm glad we're moving on from that because from the people I've spoken to, I mean, I've only ever read one run of the Fantastic Four in the comics, and that's the Jonathan Hickman version, which I think is very close to what we will be getting because apparently Matt Shackman is sort of directly adapting storylines from that run. So, And that was mainly based on exploration, specifically exploring the multiverse. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm excited for this movie. I think uh, the... The Fantastic Four being set in a different universe definitely helps because it's going to show that aspect of them um, exploring the multiverse, different universes. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of time travel, multiverse shenanigans involved. Um, there was a rumor that the Council of Reeds was going to be introduced in this movie, similar to how the Council of Kangs was introduced in Ant-Man Quantumania. So that's going to be a very interesting parallel. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I, overall, I've, I'm curious to see because I don't think Pedro Pascal has done anything like Reed Richards, because obviously Reed Richards, he's always been that science, goofy scientist. He's been a dad, he's been a narcissist, but he was always a goofy scientist with it. I think I've the never seen... thing he came to was in Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, and that like was that more of a narcissistic politician, but that wasn't even right. a scientist, was it? Yeah, because I'm looking through his, his body of works right now yeah. and things that I've physically seen um, he's more or less typecasted as either the dad type or the action type. Um, mm-hmm. Like I watched SVU, he was a special agent on there. Uh, yeah. He was on burn notice as a commandant. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know him from Game of Thrones. You guys never watched Game of Thrones. He's done done everything. We've seen him be the flirty type of character in Game of Thrones, Prince Oberyn. We've seen him be the dad in Mandalorian and The Last of Us. So I'm I'm curious to see where the, and we've seen him be the more detective sort of pers- uh, character in Narcos, with yeah. the, being the FBI agent. So I'm curious to see where what he does with this role because apparently they have done screen tests and if they've cast him, they must have really like him. So, you know, he must have been great. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, another character that's been cast or in talks to play uh, someone in the Fantastic Four is Javier Bardem from. Jay, the villain from James Bond himself, he's going to be yep. playing Galactus. Now, I can see that. I, I really can. Like, mm-hmm. he's played villains before. He's He has the absolute chops to be our big bad, especially if they are going to be using that big bad to destroy that planet. Mm-hmm. That universe. Just the whole yeah. thing with that. Yeah, I mean, Javier Bardem. The thing with Galactus is you can cast anyone, really, because Galactus doesn't speak. For the most part. Yeah, Galactus doesn't speak either. But not not in the Fantastic Four comics. Never when they faced off with Galactus, he's spoken. It's always been more of him delegating his tasks to his heralds. Right, but for the most part, it's the... it's either him talking to the heralds or communicating with them in one way or another, but not actually talking to the Fantastic Four or anyone on Earth other yeah. than maybe an initial message. But yeah, this will be him communicating with his heralds, maybe speaking omnipotently to the planet uh, to get ready, or we're just going to get more of communication between him and the surfer. But I would honestly love to see some other cameos from other heralds of galactus yeah so the current rumors are silver surfer and frankie ray are the two heralds that are going to be in this movie that's rumors i don't know how true they are uh but uh, as you can see on the screen here i got the castings up so pedro pascal is obviously going to be playing reed richards uh, uh vanessa vanessa kirby from the james bond movie she's going to be playing um sue storm uh, and then right under her, there's Eben, I can't pronounce his name, but he's going to be playing the thing. And next to him is Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. He's going to be playing uh, Johnny Storm. I, I'm in two minds about this casting. I think the two actors on top, Pedro Pascal and Vanessa Kirby, great castings. But the ones under, Joseph Quinn and Eben Ross, Moshark, I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> but... uh. Yeah, that those are the ones I'm iffy about because Joseph Joseph Quinn has played a goofy nerd. I could I could see Joseph Quinn playing Reed Richards, a younger Reed Richards, but I can't picture him as Johnny Storm unless they're going for a nerdy Johnny Storm, which I don't think they. It doesn't fit Johnny Storm's character. No, and um, it really doesn't. Yeah, and the thing with Eben, he's just way too serious of a an actor. I don't think he. He he's he he's a, he, he's the type of person who'd be cast in Scorsese movies. You get what I mean? Yeah. Not Marvel movies. Yeah, I do. Uh, not, especially but, not a CGI character. You know. He, he, listen, I would love it if they went. They took the CGI out of it and they gave us a full costume again. 
mm-hmm. but a lot better designed than what they did to Chickless. Because you could tell it was yeah. a foam suit. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the fan four stick from 2014, I feel like that had a good thing. Thing in that it was a mix of practical and CGI. And I feel like that was, you know, yeah. decent looking version. See, I, the thing with CGI, practical suits is there's very little you can do with it. Like I was recently thinking, spoiler alert, for if you haven't watched the Marvels, uh, the Beast cameo. If it wasn't for CGI, he wouldn't have looked like the Beast we know from the comic books or well, from the 90s. a vibrant color that we have because blue is not a naturally occurring dye. A naturally occurring plant dye that would be able to uh, that they would be able to wash out with wigs or whatnot. But yeah, CGI works for characters like Beast. CGI works for special effects for characters like Nightcrawler or Mystique. Mm. Um, Those are where we can get actual body paints. Thing with everything that's been done now with how like we can look at slasher films, we can look at all the horror stuff that artists have been able to do on sets to make things look like real rock. Yeah. I mean, a good example would probably be Werewolf by Night, which just came out like last year. Uh, Man Thing and that was fully practical. Yep. Um, Man Thing is the, the artistry on the face makeup for PETA in the first Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Dude looked like he was part of the stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all based on that's all within the last 10, 15 years that the practical effects and the practical shading, like that's the thing I have to really harp on with artistry is the shading. We didn't have yeah. ones that did the, they, they did the straight lines and everything, but they never went underneath and did the extra work to make it pop. It's like, it's one of the reasons I love cell shaded artwork. Like, you know, it's yeah. fully two dimensional, but a good cell shaded look can look 3d. And a good paint job with some good practical applications for even if they do like cut shots, like they don't have to have him physically in a full body suit. They could do uh, half shots, top up, top down, do CG where it matters for harder action. But for base scenes, they could do practical effects. Or maybe with a twinge of CG just to add add the effect to it. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. Like if we had Chickless's foam suit with a CGI overlay for a shine effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's what I'm talking about. We could have like characters in a prosthetic suit, which is enhanced by CGI. Yes. That would that could definitely work. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they used for the 2014 Fantastic Four movie. Um. But uh, and I thought that looked great. Like fan yeah. four stick. Um, thing in that looked great. Uh, he didn't have pants on, but other than that, one with Michael I thought, you know. Um, let me let me share let me share an image of him for those who are wondering what he looks like. Uh, let me share my screen real quick. But yeah, there there you go. That's that's thing from the Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, I feel like that's a very you know 
realistic looking costume for him. So I'm practical suit CGI enhancements, best way to do it. But let's move on from Fantastic Four. There's another news topic we need to talk about. Um, so there was a report. Um, so a very fam famous journalist who wrote the book um, about the MCU and how it came to success. So she's probably the number one journalist when it comes to knowing about Marvel. Um, so she came out and said that, you know, Jeff Loveness recently was removed from writing Kang, Avengers Kang Dynasty. Um, and she believes it was because Marvel is moving away from the Kang storyline. Um, she didn't say they're going to pivot into Doom or anything, but that's what people's theories are. Um, so there's two possibilities right now. Either the MCU pivots to Doctor Doom or they recast Kang. But here's where our second problem comes in. Uh, there was another report today that apparently Jonathan Majors has a clause in his contract that only he can play Kang. Because prior to signing on the role, he knew that it was going to be a multiversal character. He knew they could easily replace him if they wanted to. So he insisted on a clause stating that he could be the only person to play Kang, which might force Marvel to, re uh, to pivot to Doctor Doom. What are your thoughts on all this? I didn't know about that clause in his contract, because usually I don't sit here and pour over uh, actors' direct contracts and what they require. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I did know about how he learned and how he picked up this role. Um, I, I listened to the interview that he did um, about, it wasn't the casting director, it was the costume director uh, that had been talking to him, that, that was in a meeting with him, that he almost walked out of. Hmm. He almost walked out of that meeting because no one was coming to see him. Now, he is an old school uh, kind of actor where he's going to give respect to the studio, but if they're not respecting him, he's going to walk. Right. So the costume director came out to meet him and spent hours going over the script for Quantumania um, and going over what he was doing. But first it was what he was doing with Loki and how they had plans and already baseline scripts designed for him and his character. So he was given the information outright that Kang was going to be the big bad, that he was going to be a multiversal character right. as well as mm -hmm. a multi-movie character, not just a bit part. Yeah. But And then so there's the whole lawsuit, which complicated sense. things. Yep, that makes a lot of sense that he would have had in the contract to help himself out to say, like, I'm the only person that's allowed to play this character. If anybody else does, yeah. it's a recent contract. But and and with how Disney's been in press, I still don't I don't like any of these articles coming out in press saying that oh Marvel's falling, Marvel's not pulling in the box office numbers. I'm gonna say this here, and I've said it in Discord before. We shouldn't care about box office numbers anymore. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ever since the pandemic, and I've gone on this rant with my wife and other people, ever since the pandemic, the movie theater experience is no longer the joy that it used to be. Movies were an experience to enjoy in a theater with like-minded people. I went to see the Marvels literally uh, last Friday. Do you know how many people were in that theater? 
there was at least a dozen. Hmm. I ha- I was able to pick my seats closest to my pre- preferred seats. Right. And I can say the same thing about most of the other movies that were playing in that theater too, because it, and this was a Friday night. This was a Friday night, seven o'clock. Uh, yeah, nine o'clock show. Yeah. Prime time for moviegoers, but it's going to the movies is now an expensive outing. It's either do I want to go with my wife on a nice dinner date where I'm going to spend a hundred dollars because we're going to get wine, we're going to get nice food, we're going to get dessert, and we're going to enjoy ourselves, or do I want to spend seventy dollars on two tickets, some popcorn, and some garbage soda? Yep. Mm-hmm. That I, I'm just gonna throw away the popcorn afterwards. I mean, we spent close to hundred dollars going to see the Marvels because I, I, spent, were, I went with me and another friend of mine. We went for it, and it cost us forty five dollars. This is I, this is this is not even like AMC or NCG. This is just like a random cinema out yep. here in Lansing. Um, we got some popcorn. We got a, a drink each. We got we got one popcorn. Hard to share. We got a drink yeah. each. Two tickets. 45 bucks. Yep. We went to AMC. And AMC mm-hmm. was also doing a special, which I do like to collect them. You can see my Doctor Strange mm-hmm. one in the back. Mm-hmm. You can see the Rocket Raccoon. Um, I like the popcorn tins that they give you. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. that, that's, a, that's a cool cube. Yeah. That thing folds down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can push the pieces in and it folds down to, like, this big. Mm-hmm. which is awesome. And the rocket's just a really nice statue with the Guardian's chest. So this one came with a flurkin egg. Oh, okay. But it was also a mystery prize, too. Interesting. So I have it upstairs. I won't go grab it. Um, I'll bring it down for next week. It's a mm-hmm. flurkin egg about this big that opens up to reveal a flurkin inside. Oh, okay. That be removed. The flurkin is a drink container. Oh. <laughs> and the egg is your popcorn tin. So the coolest thing that AMC did is there's a one in five. Oh, oh you, you get one of five different flurkin cats. Yeah. So there's like the, the brown one, a calico, a Siamese. We got the Siamese one, and my son continues to call it Skippy John Jones because there's a book that he likes that's a cat that looks like a chihuahua. And it's, he, he loves these books. He loves this, and he just calls that, that what it is. But there was like a 1 in 50 chance to get a gold one. Just a gold flirkin. And I was like, I'm going to take those odds. We got one that everyone's happy with. But that was 40 bucks. That was $40. Yeah. The strange popcorn tin was 30 mm-hmm. So they're adding more to the theater experience to earn more money for the theaters. Yeah. Not for more money for the movies themselves. Like I said, I spent close to $100 on the tickets, the popcorn tin, and the drinks and everything like we got the we we got alcohol too at before because we just had dinner and that none of that's going to the the movie right yeah the 15 dollar tickets that go into the movie but how much of the cut is being kept by the theater for showing the movie Hmm. 
So looking at the overinflated prices that the theaters are causing nowadays, the abundance of, let's say, kids' movies were the easiest cash cow because they came out in theaters, every kid wants to go see them, and then they come to DVD six months later. Now we have, like, I'm going to use Paw Patrol as the experience, the, uh, the example. The Paw Patrol movie came out on September 29th. Do you know what dropped on Friday on Paramount Plus? What? The Paw Patrol movie. Not even yeah. two months have passed mm-hmm. since this movie came out in the theaters. Yeah. And it's now on on the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. It came out last weekend. It's Five Nights at Freddy's was debuted on Peacock. Yep. With a running in the theaters. Yep. Because they wanted people, they, they want the diehard fans. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is an aspect where they're like, "All right, you want to watch this movie? Willy's Wonderland came out." But here. I feel like, okay, when when you, when we're taking this into account, we also need to take it, take into account Guardians of the Galaxy that crossed eight hundred million. That crossed eight hundred million, and, and it's because that that same thing that is an experience movie. Mm-hmm. That people yeah. and I feel like the Marvels isn't an experience movie. No, it's not. It's a it's a it's a continual point. It's a filler. Yeah. Truck. And yeah, it's essentially a filler. It was what Ant Man and the Wasp was. It was what the first Captain Marvel movie was. It's a filler movie. I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna predict right now. Deadpool three is at least six hundred million dollars. I'm saying Deadpool three is making a billion, man. It's Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine. I know, but I want to. I want to lowball it a little just because we're we're still on that cusp. But I, you know what? I might change it with you to put it at that billion dollar opening. It's it's specifically because. Only Marvel movie for next year. Yeah, 2024's only Marvel movie. Well, is- to be fair, to be fair, there is the Sony Marvel movies. They have three coming out. They have Craven, Madam Web, and Venom 3 coming out next year. Which right. I'm Those not are the biggest Sony. fan of, but... Those are Sony. Mm-hmm. Venom 2, I'm sorry I fell asleep to it yeah, the first it time I watched awful. it. Morbius, awful. Madam Web looks like a CW TV show. Yep. <laughs> Craven, yep I have- <laughs> Watch the trailer on that, and I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Um, honestly, out of any of those trailers and things I've seen, I'm the most excited about Inside Out 2. Yep. Yeah, I can't wait for the Deadpool 3 trailer. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, my God. It, it, you know what? I can see the trailer as just being, just show all the actors, but nothing else. <laughs> just give me a like a minute and a half, mon- like a 40-second montage of like, oh, look at all the actors that we've got to come back. And that's it. Yeah. That's all. That, that that's going to be our red band trailer. <laughs> yeah. Trailer- but also, yeah. There's other things people need to take it, take into account with the Marvels as well. First of all, critics were going hard at it. People were yep. saying it was not very good. And the main reason critics were blaming it was because of the direction of the MCU as a whole. They weren't critiquing the movie, which is very dumb in my opinion. And also, the strikes. Actors didn't get to promote their promote this movie adequately. Yep. Marvel did not put a lot into marketing for this movie either. No, they didn't. So, you know, it was like they knew it was going to be a bomb. They it was a, it was a hard pill to swallow and they swallowed it, but next year with Deadpool 3, they're going to be back. Trust me, Deadpool and- if Deadpool 3 is a failure, that's when you know. That's when you get these articles that, out. That's when we, we That's we, when you get these articles. We jump ship. The Marvels before I'm telling Four or five months ago, not four or five months ago, but earlier when we were recording our first episodes, 
we were talking about the Marvels, and we were talking about how we don't care about this movie at all. Yeah. The reason we cared about this movie was the leak of the after credit scene, and yeah. then getting both of us to go to the theater to see this movie. Yeah, I would, I would not have gone. It. I would not have gone if it wasn't for that leak. Nope. So yeah. <coughs> I would have told my wife, "Well, we can go see something else, or we can go home and watch a movie." Yeah, that's it. That's what I would have done. But no, we we decided and we went to see the Marvels, and just like you, we were thoroughly impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, and I was, I was surprised. I was like, okay, Marvel should have marketed, but marketed about. I felt like the trailers did not do a good job at all. No, and I'm, I'm really gonna side on um, our Miss Marvel actor actress mm-hmm. um, that she she was just happy with the movie. Yeah. She was and happy was like, with. Oh, the I movie. don't care what it does. That's how we're supposed to feel. Yeah, she she said it. I don't care what's done at the box office. Yeah, it's Bob Iger's job. Exactly. It's none of, it's literally this person's job to care how much it makes. Every other person underneath that, you are in a closed environment making something that you care about. Yeah. And as long as those people care about the finished product and don't have any word to say about like, oh man, I wish, I hate that all this stuff got cut and I didn't get to do the project I wanted to do. I'm saying that specifically for multiverse of madness yeah we get a product that people care about that that we 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 are surprised at ourselves and how we felt about that movie before we saw it yeah um but uh but yeah let's move on to our next topic for tonight our final topic yeah. uh well i mean there's two two actually two more topics uh one of them is shorter uh so steven Yen, we talked about this earlier in our first couple of episodes is confirmed to be playing um sentry before it was only rumored but now yep. it is confirmed uh so the writers who worked on the netflix tv show beef uh steven and start on it are working on th- the, the thunderbolts movie so i feel like that's where he transitioned from and uh, robert kirkman uh who is the writer and the artist on the invincible comics he accidentally revealed that Steven Yeun called him up before going to the costume test for Sentry. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, he said a joke that, oh, I only like playing characters that are in yellow and blue, which is funny. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see. I This is what I'm talking about, the Kevin Feige spice. You know, because when yeah. Thunderbolts was first planned, it was originally being planned as a sequel to Black Widow. Um, and then... After the D23 reveal, where they revealed the cast of the Thunderbolts, which was essentially just full of super soldiers, Kevin Feige yeah. was looked at it and he was like, nope, we're not doing this. Came in, fired the writers, got new writers, flipped the script, added one of the most goaded characters in Marvel, Sentry. Oh, yeah. He is Marvel Superman. Movie. Like, we have, like, Marvel has, like, a bunch of different Supermen, just like DC does. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy that this one is Sentry. Yeah. Because that means we're going to see Void. Oh, Void. Okay. Oh, also, this is another leak. I don't know how true it is, but Void is going to be... So, what what they're planning on doing with the Void in this movie is that it's going to be a realm. Um, oh. And it's going to be where Sentry loses it, and he essentially creates a new realm. And it's sort of going to tie into the multiverse storyline. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Like Void um, is a separate entity created out of the negative aspects of Sentry. Yeah, so the negative aspects end up creating a whole new universe instead of. Oh a- no! So 
you used words that make a different sentence, and that sentence is negative zone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, they could call it the negative zone. <laughs> they it, that could be their word. The way uh, MCU's way of bringing the negative zone, and that's yeah. probably where the third act of the movie will be taking place. Right. So yeah, this interesting. I hope. But uh, but yeah, that's all the rest of the story. I'm excited to see Stephen Yeun because Sentry is like a you know I'd expect someone like Chris Hemsworth to take on that role, but Stephen Yeun hmm. something they're doing something interesting there. So I'm curious yeah. to see how that works out uh, because obviously Stephen Yeun is a five four short uh, skinny guy. Sentry is a six foot massive you know Superman looking figure. So I'm curious yeah. are they going to use CGI? I'm yeah. Not sure, sure. I'm not so sure how he's gonna look in the suit, but um, but uh, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, Sentry is canonically six feet. Yeah, six so foot I'm curious to see what, what, why they chose Steven Yen for this role specifically. I feel like that might be more because of Robert Reynolds as a character, because of the drug addiction stuff. Maybe Steven Yen was better, was better at portraying that. So maybe you know, they're like, okay, we can. Yeah. We can maybe make him a little taller with CGI, you know. Done. Give him some lifts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but moving on to our last topic of tonight, it is none other than the guy we just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Thor. Um, so Thor, uh, five is a, so Chris Hemsworth is currently rumored to be back in the running for Thor five. Um, but but he's now currently in talks with Marvel to return for Thor five. Uh, but Taika Waititi is not returning. Um, how do you feel about this? I See, I like Waititi. I liked Free Guy. I liked what he did with uh, Love and Thunder and Ragnarok. Um, I, it, Love and Thunder yeah, is a hill I Free, Free Guy wasn't Waititi. No, oh, he was in it, but he wasn't directly. Yeah, Free Guy was Sean Levy, the director of Deadpool 3. Waititi was the director of... Was that Hitler movie? Jojo Rabbit? Is that what yeah. you're thinking of? Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. And then there's a new one coming out, which I'm actually excited about. That's a soccer movie. Mm-hmm. Called like One Goal or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a ragtag group of soccer players that have never won a game. And it's him just trying to coach them into winning or getting at least one goal. Oh, the way the preview made it look is it looks like the big green for adults. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, that was well, a movie yeah. From my childhood. Yeah, the thing is with Waititi, he just I felt like he dug his own grave with Thor, Love and Thunder. I mean, yes. And that's yes that's and the type of creator he is. And that just doesn't fit with Thor. The thing he did with Ragnarok is like, okay, let me test my the style I'm going for. Let me test it. Worked out great. Okay, people loved it. Let me double down on it. Let me go yeah. all in this time. And people didn't love it. It, it. People thought it was... I know, like, I loved it for what it was. I loved mm-hmm. the, the, the little bits of comedy of between Stormbreaker and Thor. Just having that weird, like, that weird acting that's like, oh, my, my new axe doesn't like my old hammer and they're both inanimate objects that have somewhat sentient personalities like i i loved seeing that dumb stuff um gore was underused um again that's another, my movie, gore. 
another Marvel villain that was, was handled, and the way the zoo stuff was handled. That those are my main criticisms. Yeah. And this fight sequence at the end with all the kids, I felt like, uh, this this looks like something that's pulled out of Disney Channel right now. Yeah, <laughs> not an MC big budget MCU movie, you know. But yeah, my main, my, yeah, the main back to my main issue was gore, the way yeah. everything was in, involved with gore is treated. His name is. Um, the I god. feel like the first thing the movie started with, where gore kills that god, great. Yep. We needed to see more of that. We did. We needed to see him actually wreak havoc against mm-hmm. some gods, or at least cut back to Thor with Jane, and then show gore and another plane of existence just slaughtering other gods. Mm-hmm. Because he was called the God Butcher for a reason. Yeah. And that sword is what gave him that power. And watching him go after somebody of another cosmic entity rather than all of them hunkering down in Zeus's stronghold. Like, even if we got a, a different scene, like, forget kidnapping the kids. If we saw Gore blow through those doors and declare war against the gods, that would have been just a perfect scene. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, there's the movie had a lot of potential, but it just didn't live up to it. And there's a lot of other things that played into it. There was COVID, there's working from yeah. home, there's a lot of things that were cut. Yeah, but obviously not all the blame is on YTD, but I feel like it's the right decision to move on from him as, as a director. Because of how people responded to Thor 5. I feel like we need something different now. The thing with Thor was the the character is literally being reinvented every two movies. We went from Lord of the Rings type character to a funny goofball. Now it's time to evolve into something else. Now we need that dad Thor. Because yep. he's a dad now. That's we, what we're gonna get. We're gonna get the overprotective, um, the overprotective dad. Mm-hmm. Like we we got young and naive Thor in Thor 1. We got mild protector in Thor 2. We got redeemer in 3 and we got the loss, the the lost boy, the mm-hmm. however you want to word it, but we got the depressed variant for Thor in yeah. 4. Mm-hmm. And then him getting him taking care of Gore's daughter gives us dad Thor which could lead to Harold Thor, or it could lead to uh, Kun Loon Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious to see how, uh, w- w- what director they get on this. Um, obviously, they need to have a very unique style. Um, and yeah, I feel like it could, Sean Levy could do a job in this, the person who's current, uh, who directed Free Guy, and is now yeah. directing Deadpool 2. I feel like he could do a job, uh, a good job with this. But obviously, that depends on the schedule and I, everything. I think he might take too much comedy on it. We we need something a bit more party yeah. and serious. Mm-hmm. We, we can't. Thor does have the comedy aspect from the last two movies, but we need to tone that down and give more, like, desperate heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can see. Uh, I really don't know on directors. I don't really pay attention as much as you do, other than with my favorite ones. But I can see somebody darker taking care of this. And yeah, possibly, possibly. Hmm. But uh, yeah. I mean, essentially, I feel like this is gonna be someone we've never heard of. Yep. Out of the blue, so you know, whoever it is, hopefully they do a good job. But uh, but yeah, that's it for all the stories we have today. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? 
Um, for me, as you can see from my shirt, this is a bluey shirt. Uh, I'm excited about the 30-minute episode that they've announced. Uh, normally, bluey episodes are about seven minutes. Uh, they're talking about a 30-minute episode to uh, finish the season off. And just I can't wait till the rest of the season comes out on Disney Plus because there's some really, really good episodes that are supposed to be coming to the U.S. Interesting. One thing I wanted to mention was I'm on the final season of This Is Us. Uh, last few episodes. Oh, oh my god. god! Yeah, I'm. Oh my god! This last episode had me bawling. It was oh. a real episode. Oh so you, you finally god. went through the Kate and Toby drama. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh my god! I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Do you know how hard it was for me not to spoil that for you? I am not a fan of that. I, I'm not either. But but that's the beauty of the show yeah. is it gives you the realism. Mm -hmm. Like people it, felt, it just felt so weird because uh, in the Miguel episode, when they're all discussing what to do next, it's Philip, uh, Beth, and um, I can't remember her name. Um, Kevin's girlfriend. Oh yeah, um, I forgot her name too. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. it was Philip there. I wanted Toby to be there. Yep. You know, it just yeah, it felt like we lost someone. The whole Katobi thing. But yeah, Toby was my favorite character in the show. Toby and Toby. Randall, my favorite characters. And then all the other stuff that he went through, Toby was still one of my favorite characters in that show. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, him and Kevin. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on? Um, do you think Kate should have moved to San Francisco? San Francisco. Wait, no. San Francisco didn't really work for her because she was back home. Um, no, Kate shouldn't have gone to San Francisco. Everything she needed, everything that was taken care of with the schooling and like it, it, she needed to stay. I Toby going, Toby going, and like the whole arc was was just Toby wanting to feel better about himself. He didn't really, he didn't actually cheat on Kate. He just, he just didn't like himself. Yeah. But I feel like overall, it would have been better if she just moved to San Francisco. Especially considering the fact that the amount of money he was getting because of that job. So you you, you might be looking at it in a different way. Um, I'm looking at it from a more practical standpoint, which is better for what's better for the kids, what's better for everyone. Right, in that sense. And, I feel, and that scene at the end when um, Jack was like, oh, you're both here. That got me. There's there's another sense of direct family. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never wanted to move far away from my home because I have a lot of family here mm -hmm. that that mean a good chunk to me. And if I can't be there, like, my, my great aunt just passed away last mm -hmm. week. Oh, I'm sorry. And, it, thank you. It was my grandfather's sister. He was one of six. Mm -hmm. There's now two of them left. And it's the two youngest. But being here to know that I have the family and like my my family, my Greek side is huge. There's an absolute ton of people. Like it started, mm -hmm. the, my, that side of the family started with six. Each of them had at least two kids, except mm -hmm. my grandfather. And that's, that, that's now 11 kids. Each yeah. of them had almost 
two to three kids each. So now we're already up to in the 50s. So like your cousins, siblings, they're all there? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the, the only ones that aren't really here are out of country in Greece. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. But, but like I, I drove to to uh to Watertown, New York to pick up my great uncle. Hmm. But again, if we're okay, let's we're talking but about that, the family that, thing. That's now, the right? aspect I'm going with. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Kate but then, wanted to be there for Kobe her. Kobe said, Oh, Miguel and uh your mom can also move with us. Right, but they weren't they weren't gonna move. But they moved they moved from Philly to LA for the only uh, the only reason was for Kate to help Kate with the blind, you know, for, for yep. with an assisted child. So they I'm sure they moved to San Francisco. With because they have no emotional attachment to LA specifically. No, they don't. Miguel and Beth don't. No, sorry, Miguel and Rebecca don't. No, they, they don't have the attachment there. She has the attachment to the kids. To her to school, her kids. yeah. Yeah, and it was. But then, but then that's the thing that that's where you choose. Would Would you want? Is it your kids or the school kids? Because you're potentially depriving your child of a life with both parents. Right. Because that's that's that scene with when Jack went. Oh, you're both here. Yeah. That was when I was like, oh my god, she should have gone to said she should have just moved to San Francisco. This would have been a lot easier. Well, you you also see the, the the problems that Randall was going through with Beth. Yeah, yeah. She wanted her dance studio for the my God for the the whole time. Every time they showed uh, Beth in the future, I the thought only they were... thing I could think of was they got divorced. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all I could think of. Was that... Beth moved and it worked out. Kevin right. said, Toby said that didn't he? He Toby yes. said, "Oh, but she." But Beth moved for you. There's a reason that worked. And it's because Beth got what she wanted. Like, Ran like Randall, you know. Randall continued to blow things out of the water by going for mayor and then the Senate and all that. Mm -hmm. And Beth needed the outlet to get her dance studio so she could still but feel herself. Kate could have gotten a job at another school in uh, San Francisco. It's not like there aren't any schools in San Francisco. And the thing you know, was, the whole thing was, Toby wasn't getting a good paying job in LA. Right. It's a lot harder for people of her size to be looked at legitimately. That's true. That's that's hmm. that's another factor. Hmm. That that's a huge factor, yeah. especially in LA, San Francisco, those areas that it's all mostly walking and hmm. like you look at somebody that's that's her size and. Like, I'll even use this as an example of myself. Mm -hmm. Last week, um, I I decided to go with my wife to drop off Graham at school. Mm -hmm. And she had a chiropractor appointment. She had to get to work. And she needed to do all that. But she already had a plan of what she was doing. Mm -hmm. I threw a wrench in that plan. My whole thing was after we dropped him off is I'll walk home. It's not a big deal. She did not think it was going to take me 10 minutes to walk a little over a mile home because of my size, hmm. because yeah. of the distance to our house. And when I messaged her saying, like, I'm home, it only took me 10 minutes to get it. She was like, oh, I'm, 
I'm sorry. I thought it was going to take longer. Hmm. Like that, that's the, my wife loves me. My wife cares deeply about me. And the whole thing there is that's, that's just a, a standpoint just between us and walking a mile. Imagine how a stranger is looking at Kate in her size. Yeah. In an area like San Francisco, LA, any of that. Yeah, they're, that's true. That's they're true. not going to hire somebody that looks like if they have to walk up uh, a steep hill like the the one the house they were looking at, and it's going to pass out at the top. They're always going to make judgments, and she yeah. had an established career at that school with those special needs kids. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So you, but you yeah, I, I felt like that whole artist. You got to look at some art rather than just the money aspect. Yeah. Like, yeah, Jack could have gone to exclusive schools. Toby and Kate could have had a better life together. But would that life have made Kate miserable because she couldn't do the job or the work that she wanted to help out with? I mean, yeah, it would have been a similar situation because Toby moved to L.A. and it wasn't working, you know? Yeah. It was like, it would have, the same thing would have happened if Kate moved, yeah. Yep. Mm. You, you got to look at the whole picture, not just from, uh, like, you get tunnel vision when you want to look at something, but you got to just open that up. Like, Beth and Randall almost didn't work out. Yeah. And they had two kids and an adopted daughter, and he found his biological father and brought him into their home, and he 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 did the most he could with, like, let's say a midlife crisis area. Yeah. yeah, that was that's essentially Randall's life. Like aside from cheating life. on his wife and getting a two hundred thousand dollars sports car, he he did what he could to just be like, "Well, I'm getting old, so I'm gonna become a mayor and I'm gonna find my dad." <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. And then I'm gonna find the the hometown where he grew up in, where he met my mom that I've never known about because she OD'd when I was right after I was born. Yep. Well, Turns out she did it. What? Turns out she did it. Oh, I yeah. know. Yeah, you know. But 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 that that whole big story arc for Randall is is insane. Yeah, and it's, it's essentially a big life crisis, uh, midlife crisis. Yep. And <laughs> Beth stood through him through all of it. Yeah. She may have had some resentment. We saw some resentment, but <clears throat> she got her dance studio. She was able to do what she needed to do. Like, and that's that's. Like they ended up being the ideal family. Yeah. Like Kevin had a lot of his problems and he was working through those back and forth, back and forth with his girlfriend um, from, from childhood to adulthood, to breaking up to back to adulthood after his acting career and movie career. Yeah. And Kate, was finally coming into her own and feeling good about herself. And then we need to move to LA so I can do a better job, so I can feel better about myself. So that was an inevitable situation. Yeah, one of them. Like it, was having, it was so well written. It was so realistic as well. Yeah, it's exactly the sort of some, this exact something that would happen in real life too. When we usually don't see that in shows, shows usually have that oh happy yeah. ending, but it's you know, no, no, we don't get divorce. We don't. We we get happy divorce. We get. Oh man, me and your dad split up, but he's gonna come over every day to see you, and I'm still gonna care about him. No, this this is us was as real as it could get. Yep. 
like Kate had miscarriages uh, and that, that hurt my wife and I, that, that hit us real hard. And just everything that went through with all of them is like the truly yeah. realest you can get in a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I'm just, I'm just sad it's coming to an end though, you know, cause like there's two more episodes left. You're going to lose it on the last episode. Mm-hmm. That ending oh. is going to, it's going to kill you. Uh, bro, that Miguel episode had me bawling, man. That Miguel, oh my God. Miguel is a character, man. I love Miguel. He's such a good character, such a good yeah. guy as well. He was there till the end, and then that transition of him standing in front of the tree, and then yep. he's not there anymore. Oh my God, that was my favorite secondary character is Uncle Nicky. Uncle Nicky too, yeah. Yep. Uncle Nicky. I feel like near the end, he was kind of just there to be there. He didn't really contribute to anything. Oh no, he he does contribute. Like he's he's an emotional support character. Yeah, he is. He, he's, he's basically he's very Kevin. much there he's for Kevin. He's, he's he's Kevin's there for William. Kevin. He's Kevin's William. Like Randall exactly. William, that's Kevin's the point William. I was just gonna make. Yeah. And like how Kate has Madison, Randall had William. Yep. Kevin has Uncle Nicky. Like everybody needs that that family that that family figure that you can look up to, mm-hmm. and you can yeah. just talk to. Like yeah. that hit me because that was that was me and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like he was the one I could go to and talk to and just sit there for hours and watch a football game with him. Like I don't watch football anymore because after his passing, it just doesn't mean anything. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And that was he passed right after my wedding. Oh, that's sad. He was also my best man too. Hmm? He was. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He was up there with me. Uh, he couldn't give a toast, so uh, one of my really good friends gave the toast, and just like I knew, it was just he had an absolute blast. And then a couple months later, um, he was taken. Yeah. But that's good though. One of his last memories was your being your best man. Yep. That's great. Oh yeah. But uh but yeah, man, this is us. This is us. This show this us brings out emotions in everybody. Crazy, yeah. It's like I and do. it's so real. It's stuff I see I've seen within my family too. It's stuff that happened. Yeah. That's that that's what gets me. It's like, oh my god, this is exactly what happened with this person. I know. This is what they were going through. Like, yeah, I never really I, thought about it because I know I, I I'm like I know I've known some like family friends relatives who had like a miscarriage, but I never knew what exactly they went through, and this show was like oh my god oh man, I can tell you, I can tell you firsthand what 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 you can go through with a miscarriage yeah I can tell you all the sadness all the downs the 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 and and it really did you did see a lot of it like. One of our first instances, like I know this is going to get heavy mm-hmm. for the end of our episode. Um, it's now personal, frame by frame. Um, so we had a heartbeat, mm-hmm. we had a heartbeat at six weeks, and then we went when we went back for the seven week checkup, nothing grew, and there was no heartbeat. Mm. And having that kind of hope 
and being like, wow, we might actually have a second kid. And then just having that just pulled away. Like I had, I had a toy picked out. I had everything ready. I, I had partnership toys for my son and his future sibling. And it took me over a year to give him that other toy and say, listen, this is in memory of your, your brother or your sister that we didn't have. And even before that, like we had three miscarriages before we had our son. Hmm. And the first time it was, my wife wasn't feeling so well. So we forced them to do an ultrasound in five weeks and found that it hadn't grown after three weeks. Hmm. Yeah. So, and then the next one, we had six weeks, heartbeat, eight weeks, no heartbeat. And just being able to have those ultrasounds and know that this was there and then go back a week later and find out that it's not there anymore. Like it, it's devastating. Like the, the only way I can kind of think on the same emotional level is think of putting in all this work to be a lawyer you and the day you go to get that diploma they pull you aside and tell you three of these classes didn't matter yep mm -hmm. like i know it's two different spots on an emotional wavelength but like think of how devastated you would be that you yeah. have back and repeat at least another two years of schooling yeah but for us it was much more condensed and much 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 like we made it through we're still still happily married we have a great four-year-old who is the absolute light up my life every day yeah like he comes that's, up that's, with, yeah i mean like he comes up with dumb phrases that we just love mm -hmm. Like we did it once. Uh, we were going to get ice cream. We goes, um, you go, ice cream, you scream, we all scream, and he just goes bacon. <laughs> uh, or, or he'll go, he'll just randomly see a train and go chugga chugga honk honk. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's a brilliant kid, and he just makes you laugh. Yeah, I think that's at the end of the day, that's what life is about, isn't it? It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter. It's just, if it's, the end goal is, are you happy? Life is experience, mm -hmm. happiness, and laughter. Yeah. That's it. If you want a mantra from frame by frame, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, at the end of the day, that's, that's the thing. Like I've seen people who are who make a crazy amount of money, but they're just not happy. They're absolutely miserable. Yeah. And they it goes to show you, happy. money can't buy happiness. Money can't I 100% agree. Yeah. So I've I've seen this with my own family as well at times, it's it's crazy. Like there was a, at there was one at one point my dad had this really good job which is paying really well, but he was working all day. We barely got to spend time with him. It was you know everyone was just like not, we were the whole we barely had like family dinners. Yeah. And then he realized that he left that job. And I felt like if he did it, obviously we'd be way well off if we if he still had that job. But it, no one was happy, you know. Yeah, that's the, the same reason I I I left Dave and Buster's. Mm -hmm. I wasn't mm -hmm. making that good of money, and the hours were terrible. Yep. 
once I got that change and moved to the IT job, the money got substantially better. And I got, I was out at five o'clock every day. I got to spend time with my son. I got three years of doing bath and bedtime with him every single day. And it's just, when you're able to have family time and you're able to sit there and look at the people you love, that's, that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Hope we imparted on some good life with lessons, values, and uh, yeah, watch This Is Us. Because I'm yes. sure everyone yes. will be able, every single one of you watching will be able to relate to it at one way or another. I'm only 22 and I relate to it a crazy amount. I'm 37. You know, so like there's so much of life I haven't gone through and I'm able to relate to it on a very crazy level. So, you know, yeah, watch it. This show will grip you and oh, it'll, yeah. also te- it'll also teach you a lot. I've learned a lot from this show as well. So, you know, watch This Is Us. We're, we're doing, we're free free marketing for NBC right here. Right now. Oh my God. <laughs> make us your brand ambassadors. Uh, oh, but, uh, peacock. uh but uh but yeah thank you guys for watching make sure to subscribe to the channel for more content about gaming movies tv shows uh we have a bunch of links in our description below join our discord and chat with us uh you can also subscribe to our patreon for exclusive content some of our shows do post shows we have exclusive uh quarterly fun thing where we visit all the co-hosts from all the different shows so make sure to make sure consider it just if you want to support the show consider subscribing to that Yep, and, we uh, jump on for special casts if we're doing reactions to like game mm-hmm. shows, um, just like Nintendo's Treehouse, PlayStation's uh, special weeks, direct, yep. mm-hmm. Microsoft's doing a direct or whatever they want to call it, if they do anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. I know we're potentially going to be doing a reaction to the video game awards. Game awards. Because there's usually some good drops that come out then too. Yep. Yeah, we game awards has always been one we always do. Um, we sort of like have a fun thing, you know, we do, we have a prediction list ready and we keep track of who, who gets them right. And, uh, yeah, it's game of game awards is a fun time, but, uh, yeah, guys, make sure to subscribe to the channel, keep up to date with all our content and we'll see you again next week.